Hello, the internet, and welcome to season 185, episode 5 of The Daily Zeitgeist, oh, a production yeah. of iHeartRadio. <laughs> this is a podcast where we take a deep dive into America's shared consciousness. Mm-hmm. It's Friday, <laughs> May 21st, 2021. Happy birthday, super producer Anna Hosnier! Happy birthday to that's all you're getting from me. Oh, wow. Uh, <laughs> you don't want to get sued. <laughs> they say it's your birthday. That's all Oh, shit. My name is Jack O'Brien, a.k.a. Potatoes O'Brien, and I am thrilled to be joined, as always, by my co-host, Mr. Miles Gray. It's Miles, a.k.a. Miles McDonald, for singing, What a Jubilee is No Zuma has the power to reason away the mm. I love. Anyway, so that's just me right now. I didn't even, I, I was <laughs> going to look on Discord, but what a Chug believes was in my mind, and I felt like singing like Michael McDonald. So here we are. Well, I have a Chug uh, product that I have to uh, debut uh, on tomorrow's episode. It's currently oh. being washed. Uh, oh, yes. I think we, we may have matching paraphernalia. Matching Chug, yeah. Chug gear. Jew gear. Well, Miles, we are thrilled. We are fortunate to be joined in our third seat by a brilliant podcaster, a brilliant actor. You know him from Crazy Ex-Girlfriend and Love, Simon. His podcast is Soul Bomb. He is Clark Moore. Hey there. Thanks. Hey, hey. That's a great intro. Hey. Oh, man, we're working on these. We're working on our intros. Yeah. You know. Thank you for actually <laughs> shouting that out. We're working on it. <laughs> I'm, I'm living in the Chug vibes with y'all. I actually only just learned what it meant the other day because you mentioned it on uh, an earlier episode. Yeah. And I was like, I how do I not know what Chug is? And then I realized by virtue of not knowing what Chug is, I am Chugy. Right. Yeah. Of course. I, I don't know. Part of me is this. I'm I'm really leaning into it the other way. Like you know, like I, part of me wants to re- like regress to high school, where I'm like, well, I don't want to be the thing that everyone says is a word that's bad. But now I'm like, in my adult shit, I'm like, yeah, I'm getting it tatted next week on my throat, Chew out here. But yeah, I don't know if you knowing or not knowing. There seems to be contradicting accounts. We have listeners. It had the the vernacular hasn't quite reached Canada. It seems mm. um, so. We'll see how much of a phenomenon it becomes. Yet again, Gen Z's trolling us. Mm. Yeah, and I love it. It's just like it feels like it's it doesn't feel like when like boomers were first writing about millennials when they came right. up. Like, Who are these broke motherfuckers where we won't acknowledge <laughs> why they're in the state they're in? Versus like now, like these feel like pointed jabs from like younger siblings that are a yeah. little bit cooler and i'm like all right yes yeah, i like i like how it like, didn't go respect. to us writing about them it went to them writing about us because millennials are so <laughs> millennials are so self-centered they're always the subject of the article not the writer of the article exactly like but what do the younger ones think about us yeah it's even and even when it is it's articles by millennials being like chug are we chug how to know <laughs> how to embrace the chug yeah <laughs> Clark, we're going to get to know you a little bit better in a moment. First, we are going to tell our listeners just a couple of the things we're talking about today. We're going to talk about the newest link in the uh, Giuliani political dynasty, uh, Andrew Giuliani, uh, also the first person to run for governor of New York, uh, having been played by Chris Farley uh, at a young (laughs) age, I think. Uh, We're going to talk about 
kids in Massachusetts succeeding and getting young people to vote. A little, little hopefulness there. Mm-hmm. We're going to talk about AI-created music and even movie translations. Uh, why Netflix is so all over-leveraged, I'll say, on this uh, Army of the Dead movie. I don't know. I haven't seen it yet. But before we get to <laughs> any of that shit, Clark, uh, we like to ask our guest, what is something from your search history? So I prepared, I was thinking about this the other day as I was listening to an earlier episode, and I was like, there's no way there's going to be anything interesting in my search history. And Mm then not five minutes later, I found myself down a Google rabbit hole that I think actually really encapsulates where I am in my life right now. Basically, I don't know why I was set off on this this path, but I was thinking about Jeff Bezos's wealth, Mm. uh, as one does, and Mm -hmm. And I just started randomly searching the GDP of various oh, no. European and African countries to mm. sort of compare to the personal wealth of Jeff Bezos. And I was I was going down the list and I was like, you know, England or Estonia, Botswana. And I was seeing all of these different GDPs and then developing like a real like, oh, my God, I can't believe he has more money than that country or like, wow, he has a lot less than that one. And then after about 15 searches, <laughs> I fi- found myself typing in, what is GDP? <laughs> Which I think it perfectly <laughs> like fits who I am right now, where it's like, <laughs> I almost think I have a handle on a really complex topic or something that's really interesting. Right. And then right at the end, I'm like, wait, do I know what that right. is? Spoiler, I did. I was right. My my definition of GDP was right, but is it a annual rate or is it like is it how much their gross domestic product like per year? Is that what yes. GDP is? Okay, it is annual, and the use of it, as I learned from this Google search, is a snapshot of the economic health of the country. So it's Got not it. like the total amount of money that the country has, like wealth, but. It, it's like the value of the products that they produce in a year. So it's not fair to compare Jeff to those countries because, I mean, that's just how much money they have for a year. And Jeff has to make that $5 trillion stretch across his whole lifetime. Right. So people should and just I was, lay I off. I was really setting him up to fail. You're so right. <laughs> <laughs> All those things where they try and get people to be able to wrap their heads around what kind of money these we're talking about here, they're always just like horrific. Like there was one that's like, well, if you break it down into seconds based on what he made in 2020, <laughs> he's making $22,537 per second or $152,207 per minute. And then they even talk about like, Try and conceptualize them like a billion, right? Because a billion seconds is 32 years ago. Oh, God. And then if you say like someone has a hundred billion dollars, a hundred billion seconds, like loosely is like the Trojan War is a hundred oh billion God. seconds ago. Like, and just thinking how like, man, well, not, like these are just sums that you couldn't even begin to fathom or know what to fucking do with aside from, I think, just get off on watching like a bank account go boop, 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 boop. It does make your brain go a little wonky, uh, mm-hmm. but good for him, you know, <clears throat> and really good for Mackenzie. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I'm, yeah, I'm hope I'm I'm wondering if these newly divorced, like divorced billionaires that were like that work that are coming out of this, like Melinda Gates and Mackenzie 
uh, what's her maiden name? I know it's not Bezos anymore, but Kanye West. Also. Nay, Bezos or whatever, <laughs> whatever you say. <laughs> um, like, it seems like they're much more focused on how to be better, like philanthropists than their husbands were, where they're like, you know, it seems like Mackenzie just is secretly funding a lot of stuff and is not interested in telling people that she's giving this money away. I mean, sometimes the money that comes out or whatever, but it seems like I'm curious if they're going to start shaming their ex-husbands. Be like, no, this is actually how you can turn it up with a billion dollars done the right way. Rather than That's like, a reality show I would watch. Right. Right. Yeah. Right. Just like the first wives club, but like <laughs> yeah. ph- like philanthropy edition. Billion yeah. dollar divorce. Yeah. Hell yeah. Sign me up. So I will happily marry a billionaire just to go on that show. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I'll be like, this is how you actually help people with this money. Because I feel like, you know, Bill Gates is just, again, so focused on like his sort of posthumous, you know, uh, identity or account of his existence in history where it's like not actually effective in terms of like really when so many people are like the the money could be used so much better than how it's being used. Yeah. No, he's spun off onto a different planet. He's, he's no longer exists in our reality, Mm. but just, I, I do love the micro aggressions that he, like people who worked with them, said that he would like never allow her to speak more than him and would like speak over her in (sighs) meetings and would be dismissive towards her. And you're just seeing that shit leak out in this divorce. Like all the details that are coming now are just like, you know, that shit didn't leak on Bezos. I'm sure he was, it's almost impossible that he's not a shitty human, but we didn't get those details. So yeah, there's gotta be some trauma in there. That they're working through. I mean, you oh, have to have yeah. some, you know, something crazy has to happen to you in order for you to feel like the way to live my life is just to amass as much money as possible. Right. right. Like, right. I love money. I really do. But uh, not that much. Like, right. I don't have the energy to devote my whole life to it. Yeah. yeah. and Which yeah. is why I have none. So. <laughs> well, I think yeah. The other is like it's it 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 is a sense of lack, but this other weird, bizarre version that just manifests into this like wealth hoarding. When it's like yeah. I can't imagine Bill Gates like has like fond memories of his past or whatever, and is like, yeah, man, I have a pretty fulfilled life. I think at a certain level, when you're so wealthy, <laughs> right. you just patch shit up with all this money. You're like, fuck it, man. I'm just avoid looking at myself in the mirror, right. and I'll just send weird, cringe emails hitting on my fucking employees. Like, Ugh. <laughs> But then another thing is, yeah, I wonder if if you're saying Melinda was like shushed in meetings by Bill Gates. Yeah, 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 yeah. Wow. Wow. Can you imagine like when they're like these huge initiatives and she's like, you know, and I'm really worried about the state of people's access to flushing toilets or proper sewage system and sanitation systems, especially in developing nations. Bill's like, oh, no, (laughs) we need to start fusing. Uh, Windows tablets to people's arms in sub-Saharan Africa and then other people are like actually that's a good idea Bill and he's like yeah yeah I thought of that too right. and then he repeats her idea right. and, and yeah. also we really need to work on the this water <laughs> as yeah, Melinda like, and I were what? discussing yeah. um, I just said that shit Bill <laughs> but then there's also the details that uh, he when he was kicking it with his uh, boy Jeff uh, Lil St. Jeff Epstein uh, that he was complaining about his marriage. <laughs> right. So it's like, yo. What? Ugh. Ooh, it's a dark space up there at the top. Yeah. Yeah. It just gets darker the higher, the higher and higher you go. 
Um, anyways, uh, shout out to Jeff Bezos. I think is where we're where we're at. Right. Shout out to Jeff to Daddy to sum, Jeff. To yeah. sum it up, Jeff Bezos doesn't have enough money. Uh, won't have enough money until we're talking trillions with a T. Okay, let the man eat. Protect all billionaires. Let the man eat. Thank you. <laughs> uh, what is something, Clark, that you think is overrated? I actually just got back from Big Bear. Uh, for a couple of weeks where I was shooting a movie and it's two and it's about two and a half hours away. And so what I think is overrated are road trips because Mm. every time I'm getting ready to do one, I'm like marveling at the convenience, you know, the fact that I don't have to fly all of the like hassle of air travel. I I took my dog with me, which was a, a great thing. And as I was packing up my car, I was like thinking about, I never would have been able to bring these things on a plane, you know, like packing up half my apartment into my hatchback. And I'm like, this is so convenient. <laughs> and for like the first hour or so of of any road trip, I'm like, ah, oh, America, freedom, <laughs> California. Rolling down the window, taking deep breaths through your right. nose. Yeah. <sighs> my dog is like hanging out like, <laughs> you know, we're right. all happy. Right. And then somewhere around hour two, I'm like, <laughs> this could be, d- I'm done with this. You know, like, <laughs> I, this was right. fun. I just kind of wish I was there. And then that last half hour stretch is just like white knuckling. Like, can I get there as fast as possible without getting pulled over in what apparently is Trump country? Did, it, did we know that Big Bear was oh, as yeah, red yeah. as it is? I was yeah. oblivious. Oh, yeah. I mean, look, once you get out of L.A. County, it's a mixed bag, y'all. <laughs> Who knows what you're going to get? Like, yeah. truly purple, which is this beautiful image of, like, you know, diversity and, and centrism. And we're all here together. But it really just means half the people believe one thing and the other <laughs> half believe the other. Right. Like, straight up, there's no purple. It's just blue yeah. and red. Purple but, is just, yeah, that's also the same color of bruising. <laughs> um so yeah i don't know if it's a good or bad thing but yeah I, I definitely feel that of like the hour two thing because usually that first 90 minutes you can get there off the strength of an like one or two albums mm-hmm. you know and yes. you're like Woo! and you're like fuck it play criminal by fiona apple one more fucking time because i'm ready to go <laughs> mm-hmm. and then by the second time you're like Cause I'm feeling <laughs> like oh. it's just like it's shit starts to just lose and you get impatient and i I have this discussion a lot when I think about like driving versus flying up to like the Bay Area Mm -hmm. because door to door. Right. If let's say you have a one o'clock flight leaving LAX, you want you got to get there about an hour ahead of time, plus 40 minutes to get there. You're damn near spending three hours just to get to the airport Mm -hmm. and then the hour flight. And it's like there. Yeah, the one thing of waiting in an airport is a little bit better than a car, but it it all it all I've done this exact same math. And it's it's basically the same. It's five hours door to door. The difference, of course, being that if you're driving, it's five hours of active getting driving. yourself there <laughs> versus right, right. like five hours of being transported by your mm-hmm. Uber, by the train that takes you to the terminal or like whatever right. it is, you know. And so uh, if you can switch. And then also it's not even that much cheaper here to San Francisco because you fill up a couple of times, you know, we're talking about a couple hundred dollars potentially. Yeah. What are you driving? So, a Hummer? You filling up a couple of times oh, yeah. on your way up north? Honestly, I 
said that, Honestly, and then I realized really Mac truck. I'm really bad at math. I actually drive a hybrid that is like a $28 fill out. So. <laughs> right, and you're getting there and halfway back on that full tank for sure. <laughs> I'm just so, trying to justify my sure. uh, my point here, which is that it's always better to be to be transported than to mm. transport oneself. Yeah. One thing that I feel like I am underdoing with road trips is like the like stop offs. Like if, if there if I had a good way to like Google, OK, along this route, like this is a cool little town that oh, you could right. stop in. You know, I always hear about them from people who took road trips before there was, you know, navigational systems that just took you exactly where you needed to go, independent of like what was along the way. Mm. I feel like that's one thing that I am underdoing. I I agree with you guys, especially because my family all immediately goes to sleep and I just drive by myself the whole way. (laughs) And then they're uh, like, can you turn your podcast down? You're like, oh, so you want to sleep in a fucking silent chamber so I can doze off at the wheel too? No. (laughs) Yeah, yeah, exactly. The, I, I do, I, the one time I, I was with somebody who does, who like road trips enough that they were like, no, we're going to stop here. Like we're going to hit Gilroy. And I'm like, it's going to take, like, I just want to get there. They're like, it, you'll try, try this version. Because you it's break shit up it. along the way. And yeah. then we saw where James Dean died and shit. I have like stopped there, vibe. but inadvertently. Yeah. So, oh, like, yeah. that's the thing. I inadvertently come across these things where it's <laughs> like, like huh, shepherd's bread from, like, Scotland, the best bread in, like, west of the Mississippi. And there's, like, a line wrapping around the block. But I'm never, like, in a position where I'm like, oh, let's stop and, like, kick it here for an hour. Yeah. So mm. that's what, like, if I just built in the time on road trips and like road tripped like a uh, like a dad from the fifties, you know. Yeah. <laughs> was when like AAA just had, was like, making the one map in cahoots right. with all the business owners, yeah. they were like, "This is the one way there, and yeah, these are yeah. all the places you will patronize along the way." Right. <laughs> Throwback to a triptych, yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. And what is something you think is underrated, Clark? I'm gonna sound so basic, but un- something I think is underrated is sleep. I. I love sleep. I I really highly value it. And yet somehow I never prioritize it. Every single night I'm like, I could go to sleep now or I could just stay up watching some Netflix show that I actually don't care about. I just am not ready to, to you know, face my demons and my subconscious. And mm. I think it's underrated. I I actually heard someone say the other day that classic refrain of I'll sleep when I'm dead and I was like, no, honey, I'm sleeping when I'm alive. I, right. Yeah. This is the joy of living is that we get to sleep. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I don't get to enjoy that shit when I'm dying. It's not like you have a restful pre-death period. No. Usually. Like that shit hurts. Yeah. When you're about to die, you, man, you tripping that whole time. It's a head <laughs> yeah. trip that whole time. When you are truly on your deathbed. I mean, like watching that happen to a few family members, like it's, you know, it's, it can be peaceful, but it's not a thing you're like, damn, you know, I'm just looking for the sleep. You know, <laughs> no, <laughs> it's like, Relax. was I a good parent to you? You're like, whoa, whoa, shit. <laughs> hey, hey, man, eyes about darting sleep. around so much wasted time. Right. right. <laughs> I, hope I didn't project my past traumas onto you via your parents. I'm like, look, just just rest up. You good. Right. Right. But yeah, the sleep thing is 
you know, the when I a few weeks ago, we talked about this sort of phenomenon about how people are procrastinating with their sleep. And like yeah. there's a few things. Some of it is like the idea of trying to regain moments from your day that you feel were lost through having to work or other things. So mm-hmm. part of it is like this rebellious act before going to sleep of like, I'm going to look at my fucking phone because I don't I didn't have enough fucking time to do my shit today. Mm-hmm. Or I'm going to watch like in your case, a shitty Netflix show that you're not even sure why you're watching it. <laughs> Yeah, I'm an adult, damn it. (laughs) (laughs) The second I kind of realized about like sort of that phenomenon, I I really try and keep the screen shit away towards the end. But it's tough uh, sometimes because, you know, I'm also like a kid who would try to go to sleep with the TV on every now and then. So, right. It does. It does sort of lull me for sure. But it's also like I'm trying to, as you said, like make that period of my day sacred in the sense that, you know, maybe I can find other times in my day to watch these television shows, which I, you know, some of which I do love and engage with. What if I can make my evening time uh, about like reading before bed or journaling before bed or, you know, something that'll be stimulating in its own way and fulfilling and sort of fill the same need, but won't be like blue light beaming straight into my eyeballs at right. midnight. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, that's why I like yeah. sleep podcasts have been the thing I've been trying to replace in the like, I'm kind of want some kind of stimulation, information, entertainment, but like mm-hmm. not intense, like watching comedy or whatever yeah. sports highlights or whatever. Cause like the real, the shit that's like half sleep hypnosis where it's just kind of a walking you through, just checking in with your breathing and your body and then transitions into like, the most dry like reading of like Alice in Wonderland. I find myself being like, oh shit, here we go. Like it's happening. Like, <laughs> it's like, so fun. <laughs> I throw my AirPods out my ears. I'm like, fuck them. Don't even let them charge. I'm like, I have to transition to sleep yeah. real quick. And I can't like interrupt you have to like, catch it. okay, now put it in the case and charge. I'm like, no, da, 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 ow, ow, sleep. Children's <laughs> stories really do it for me, man. Like I, I read my kids uh four bedtime stories and by number three I am like nodding. Um, right. I do drop a couple of Ambien before just to, you know. Get oh, so the, it could be no, that. Just, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Now, it. children's literature, the original Ambien, because it's nonsense, uh, pretty boring, but very, uh, you know, unobtrusive. I think yeah. also it's a good sign that I'm sleep deprived uh, that whenever mm. I just like sit down and read for 20 minutes straight, I'm just like, I can't, I can't keep my fucking eyes open. Right. Yes. Yeah. But my kids can, and then they're in charge of the house for a couple hours while I'm asleep on their floor. That's always my favorite is my friends with kids, like seeing like a uh, nanny cam footage of like one parent tr- <laughs> asleep, like trying to read the kid a story and the kids just up, like taking the book from them and just like yeah. doing it themselves. <laughs> like, out. Great. I love it. <laughs> the kids are partying. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Cause that's also the time like sleeping adults, I learned the most about the human body in those times, like looking up my grandma's nose and shit, oh. or like just t- pulling on like my my grandpa's hairy ear or something like that. Like those are mm. those are the moments you remember as a kid. Yeah, I used to when I um when I was learning how to drive. My goal, my dad is a pilot, and he's very like he pilots whatever car he's in as well. You know, he's always like. Your head's on a swivel. He's like swinging his head around, and we're like, "Oh no!" Like, okay, Dad. Yeah. Um, and he was always talking about how you like need to have your like slow. What would he say? 
slow down into a stop sign and then like accelerate through the turn, like all of these things. Oh, and yeah. so my goal was always when I had him in the uh, passenger seat was to sort of like be such a smooth driver that he mm. would nod off and he would fall asleep and he would sort of like nod out. And then somehow while he's still asleep, he'd be like, you need to stop at that stop sign. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, <Wow>. God. <laughs> And then he'd like yeah, black yeah, him. He has like one eye open. So to the side <laughs> visible to you, he's asleep, but that other eye is like scanning the road. <laughs> right, exactly. Right. His head's on a swivel. Wow. I like that he's giving you like real like racing stuff. It's like you got to hit the apex of the turn and then you decelerate into it and then accelerate out and use, you know, the centripetal force to launch you out. Yes. My dad is <laughs> a Capricorn. He's like deep earth sign vibes. Everything about him is practical. He always wants to give like advice and tips. He can't just be like, this is a great day. He has right. to be like, well, today is beautiful because, you know, yeah. like, right. Yeah. Like, the thing about barometric pressure that right. I think is really underrated or misunderstood, but you know, it's so funny. He, when you say like, my dad's a pilot, my almost thing was like, I'm guessing he's like all of my friends, parents or dad specifically who have like, was like a firefighter or like pilot. They're all like these like wells of infinite, like, just wisdom sometimes mm -hmm. you're not really even asking for it but it's there. <laughs> sometimes yeah <laughs> okay so you're exactly like my friend my homegirl's dad who's a firefighter who just comes right. through and be like man the sky hasn't looked like this in 300 years right you know? and you're like, <laughs> like okay cool <laughs> that's fucking cool i want to hear more about that so that's clearly me being a dad I'm like, the sky doesn't look well, like what? I'm give, conflating give two characters from my life. Robert, the the proper fire chief, will come through. He's the kind of dude who, like, he'll come to your house and be like, whoa, 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 what's going on with that light socket? <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Yeah, yeah, Oh, yeah. see, I, it sounded like it wasn't grounded. I could mm -hmm. hear it from here. You're like, okay. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> my parents, so my parents are staying with me right now, and they... Oh, good luck. <laughs> they're... It's been great. They're they're great with the kids. The kids love hanging out with them. But I'm seeing all like we've got plumbing issues going on that like I had just like it's like a fire alarm that's low on batteries that you just kind of silence with your got brain. Used to. Yeah. Yeah, I just got used to it. But now I'm just like, oh man, I'm I'm slacking. Like my dad's <clears> like, your pipes sure bang a lot. What the hell is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> like, oh, I, it's because I uh, am not, not a Jack good Z. homeowner. Yeah. See? You just got to follow through, Jack. We've been Jack talking about Z. this, son. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Clark, I do have to ask, it, did your dad ever talk about encounters uh, with uh, unidentified flying objects? The only time he's ever mentioned it was when oh. we were I, this is incredibly misleading, so I okay. apologize, but because <laughs> I see you're getting excited. No, I mean uh, either way, it's I think it'll either be it'll pay off on the premise or it'll be a fantastic turn. <laughs> <laughs> so it's really it's more like a cute. Mm -hmm. God, I feel like I've really set this up to fail. <laughs> we it, we were young, and he came back. He flew for UPS for uh, basically all my life until last January, and like the January of the the pandemic, January 2020, mm -hmm. and. He was flying back from China or somewhere on Christmas Eve and he came into our rooms and he was like, you have to go to bed now because as I was flying, I saw this this flashing red light <laughs> out of the side of the plane and we we sped up so that we could we could beat him here because I think it was Santa. Hey. And we were, my sister and I were like, oh my God, like <laughs> ran to our rooms, like covered our heads. 
The original yeah. unidentified flying object, yeah. you know? I mean, it that's was what unidentified. People he think that it was Santa, but we yeah. don't know. We don't yeah. know. People think I'm in the bag for aliens. I am just as willing to believe that that white Tic Tac is Santa. That is gift <laughs> delivering uh, technology that we don't know about. <laughs> Yo, <laughs> could be, it could be alien life. It could be Santa. I don't know. Yeah. Come on, man. It could be literally anything. Yeah. It could be, it could be Amelia Earhart. You know what I mean? I don't know. That's where she's been. Yeah. She was like, oh, man, I'm going to take off on their regular-ass spacecraft and switch it off from my turn-up spacecraft. Time is relative in space. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Here we go. You're moving that Earth. fast. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> Don't worry. It's this isn't a science everywhere? podcast. I think it's okay, everywhere. Good. <laughs> yeah. All right. Let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And uh, so is Andrew Giuliani. Uh, the last time we were talking about him, he was holding down the all-important, prestigious position as a sports czar for the White House. Is that what he was doing? Lia- liaison to sports? Liaison? It was like the For the most... Trump administration? It was just the most tacked on, uh, my dad's your friend, can you give me a job? My dad's job. one of your shitty henchmen. Yeah. This will shut him up if you get me, his useless kid, a job serving McDonald's food to college champion athletes. And legitimately which I think was one of his things. The first well, what's he into? Uh, I don't know, sports. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Fine. He'll be <laughs> liaison to sports, I guess. Yeah. And you know, like any, you know, uh child who has benefited from just the kind of grotesque nepotism that he has. <sighs> It's only logical that at 35 years old, he's saying, you know what? I'm going to run for governor of New York in a state, even though I worked in the Trump administration and I'm real loud about it. And even though this is a state where Trump had no chance in, I'm out here running against Cuomo. And there's a few clips I want to play because, you know, we, we referenced earlier on, like in the 90s. When Giuliani, his dad was mayor, like he was like interrupting. What was it? The inauguration or something? His yeah. swearing in ceremony. Yeah. Just like tugging on it, trying to talk on the microphone and shit. <laughs> oh, wow. She's always had opinions. Yeah. There's some straight up like adorable kid shit. But his vibes were such that. And this is like as a, as a young child, like this is not in no way excusable. Yeah. But people were like, man, I hate that kid. Like that. <laughs> he was like a child and everybody was just energy. like, that kid is annoying. We do not like him. That is yeah. iconic. And then, yeah. yeah, Chris Farley literally played him in an SNL sketch where yeah. he was just, it's Chris Farley playing Dad. this. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> <laughs> they gave him big buck teeth. And it, yeah. was, it was literally like probably the meanest thing SNL has ever done. Yeah, going after a kid for sure. Yeah, and going think, after an eight-year-old and giving him buck teeth and just making him be like, "Damn!" <laughs> like just get and then get hit in the head repeatedly. It was it was pretty wild. It was a different time. Yeah, yeah. and so I just want to play a few clips. The first one is when he's announcing his run for mayor, and it's this is a super cut, and so you know take that with a grain of salt. But the words he's saying are accurate. So this is him announcing his candidacy in what is the Statue of Liberty, which he also isn't sure if that's what it is. Okay, well, 
My fellow New Yorkers, it's a great honor okay, to be well. with you all here today to announce my, fifth, my candidacy to become the 57th governor of our great state of New York. Which one is that? Is that Miss Manhattan or is that Lady Liberty? That's Lady Liberty over there. So oh. any community so he's that an has expert. a charter school will get a charter school. I do believe that people what? should be vaccinated. I am not vaccinated, but I, but I continually get <laughs> tested. With the antibodies, <laughs> you can't transmit. New York is truly that shining state on the hill. What? <laughs> Yo, is that where Vic do, Burger? Was that a Vic Burger joint? No, it, <laughs> like they're 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 doing Vic. They're giving him the Vic Burger treatment with all the zoom. Look, Vic's changed the game. That's the recount site. But damn, the what do you say? Is a shining skate on the hill? Shining state mm. on a hill. It's a play on the shining city on a hill. Like early. American exceptionalism bullshit. But what's the state on a skate on a hill? State, as in New York State. Oh, that like, it's it was. It's so just confusing. a mess. It's a mess. But yeah. the just the opening. Okay, well, my well, fellow New Yorkers, <laughs> I want to like, be the fifth. Wait, um, I'm running for the fifty. Fuck, like, <laughs> like legit, legitimately he, tame terrible. with the energy of let's just get this shit over with. Okay. Yeah. And like yeah. combative immediately. Like, okay. All right. So, yeah, I know what you're going to say, but uh, let, let me finish. Ah! So, he goes, look, later on, he was on Fox yesterday talking again. I'm running for governor. I'm running for the governor's, governor's mansion against Andrew Cuomo. And this is where. This is where he goes on Fox. So, you know, it's, it's the home home field advantage. So he can say mm -hmm. all kinds of bullshit and they're not going to question it. But this is where he really talks up his qualifications. And as we said earlier, our fuck all. So listen to how this man is upselling <laughs> his shit. Like, like when you just got out of college and you're trying to get a job and you're like, you need five experience for this entry level job. And you're like, oh, yeah, bet. I got five experience. Um, <laughs> I started it. Listen to him. The Treasury Department out of the public liaison. And the truth is, Martha, from an experience perspective, I may be 35 years old, but you got to remember, I spent 32 years, parts of 32 years in politics and in government. Um, I'm the only uh, announced candidate that actually has spent parts of five decades in politics. So I may look okay. young, but I certainly feel a lot yeah. older. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, Lee Zeldin is also running uh, to Wait. be the Republican nominee. He's already. So, uh, yeah, he said he spent five motherfucking decades on the set. Like, what are you talking about, sir? Five Parts of five decades. What does that mean? I'm guessing because he was born in the 80s. Then his dad was working in politics in the 80s and 90s. 2000, two th the, the aughts the teens and now the 20s i think he's just basically saying i've been alive over what has been five different decades because if you check the math he said i got I'm, look i've been 32 years on the set in dc baby doing <laughs> how, politics he's how 35 he? that's what he i was said. gonna say how do you <laughs> I, like my brain i mean i've already shown on this podcast that i'm not great at math but i do know that 35 is not 50 and <laughs> <laughs> that's just basic math. I'm so I'm so confused. So is he claiming that he was involved in politics as a four year old? Yes, that's absolutely what he's wow. lying. Yeah, dog. Like that's. I mean, but I mean, that's the kind of shit you know. Like when you meet people, like, and this happens a lot, especially growing up in LA. 
there people have the same mindset about them, their relationship to production or the entertainment mm, industry. Right. They're like, well, you know, I've been like, like writing for like 15 years. You're like, you're 26. What are you talking about? <laughs> and they're like, well, obviously, you know, like my dad's a writer. So right. like, I've always like been around it. And like, yeah. so then I started like working on stuff in fifth grade. I remember I wrote my first sketch. And so, yeah, I've been doing this for like a minute. I'm like, well, that's a stretch but it's like the same logic you see applied of like i come from this family so i can claim from birth that right. i've been in this shit conflating and, proximity with experience yes right. and you know that that like anybody who i've ever encountered who's like that who didn't earn their own stripes but is trying to like draft off of that they are a fucking terrible like they're just terrible to be around because they know they know they're full of shit they know that that's not how it works they know that like they're they did not earn their way there and they're awful like it's they mm. they know just as well as you now they're not maybe they're not te like talking about that in their mind with the conscious part of their mind but uh there's a big part of them that is like you it's know it's a lie it's a lie it's a lie spending a lot of energy holding that it's a live voice down yeah I hate to bring this point up because in the context of the, the moment, we are meant to be body positive and we are not meant to be commenting on people's appearance. So instead of saying what first came to mind when I saw him, I will say, and I think the listener will be able to get at what I'm saying, he looks a lot like his father. Yeah. Yeah. In like he this cursed way. Yes. <laughs> I say this There's about the Trump. There's a lot Trump, of Rudy energy in the there. The Trump kids too. It's like they wear their father's karma on their face. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like and he has like this like Yeah, like this is probably what this is what the kid of Rudy looks like. <laughs> Just like my dad, a magoon also. Also yeah, 35 him. feels really young to me and that is For not what the, he looks like. Yeah. Yes, he says yeah. I may look young and I was like, "Oh, so this is this is a delusional person. <laughs> yeah. This is a person with zero self-awareness. Yeah. He looks like a hot, like, spokesperson for, like, a bene benevolent policeman's union society <laughs> type dude. You know what I mean? He looks like the, the cutest bootlicker you could get for cops. But he so. also seems like he has been studying Andrew and Chris Cuomo's manner of speaking and has modeled his... Like, I thought I was seeing, like the third Cuomo brother speak just like in terms of his, like how he approaches like, all right, look, wait, like, like just like that kind of gruff, like, Hey, I'm a New Yorker. I'm walking here type. Right. Uh, bullshit. Attitude. It's, that's this, energy, you know, this is the energy of politics right now, right? Mm -hmm. Like it, you're either on one end of the spectrum of like a Joe Biden, who's really, you know, sleepy and calming and that kind of vibe, or you're pure chaos. And right. it seems like there's nothing in between. And it's also like every political party, people are divided between those two, those two right. camps. Yeah. Like, I think right now to run as a like a Republican candidate as a, you know, just straight up cis het man, you have to have the energy of a dude who would get in a fight at a Little League game. <laughs> like as a parent like that. There's no like you don't want like. People have the energy of like, oh, that's a reasonable person. Like, that's not in right now. It's like, this is the problem, man. You know, because we got Antifa out here. And they're like, yeah, I need this. Not like, um, I'm really concerned about, you know, the state of our communities. They're like, miss me with that shit. Yeah. Give me the Make chaos, the magic, Wanda. Yeah. Mm. All right. Just 
pivoting off of that story of like legacy political dynasty like uh, in the making attempted political dynasties yeah attempted i just wanted to talk about this uh yahoo story yahoo my favorite news source uh they had a story about uh the young people in massachusetts who are like basically one of the most formidable uh forces in massachusetts politics there's like a people claim they're or describe them as an army of 16-year-olds who helped defeat the Kennedy, Joseph Kennedy, I guess. Is that what Young Kenny. Yeah. Young Kenny. Little Kenny. Yeah, so they basically stopped a, a political a fucking dynasty. Kennedy from winning in Massachusetts. <laughs> wow. I mean, he wasn't doing that hot, but yeah. Right, he wasn't. Like, he's not. He He's a copy of a copy of a copy. It's not, like, shocking he's, that yeah. he lost. But, like, they these kids are... Like they they say they're like single handedly defeating the like uh, establishment. <laughs> esta- well, like the consultant political complex, like that whole oh, world right. of like, let me see your uh, mobile phone contacts so I can add up the money in there type bullshit. Mm. What I used to do is work for a company where you go to a politi- someone running, you say we're smarter than you, so you need to yeah. give us this money, and then we'll tell you things so you can win. And you may or may not, but, but hey, we made some money. They they all like kind of tie their um, activism to the Sanders campaign and, you know, Elizabeth Warren's candidacies. And it's just interesting how there seems to be a thing that's happening with younger people where they're actually connecting politics to like what they actually believe in as opposed mm. to. When I was their age, politics seemed like a thing for people with law degrees who were good at like PR spin and shit. Yeah. Like they seem to, there seems to be a growing movement of, okay, here are the things we care about. We care about like climate change and we care about like progressive policies right. and like police reform. And so how do we get there? And people have pointed out, you know, like after they had that success, they have failed to get other more progressive candidates uh, across the line in defeating, you know, more centrist Democrats in Massachusetts. But they've all performed way better than they ha- they would have otherwise. And registered voters between 18 to 24 shot up to 20 percent in the 2020 primary from 6 percent in 2018 and 2 percent in 2016. Uh, wow. So it's just like a, a massive difference in uh, I I just find it encouraging anytime someone's like heart is connected to an industry in America, like yeah. they they believe that they can actually do something in this system of ours because there's so many so many ways that you can get beat beat down by it, you know. And it's mm-hmm. wild that you know just with the access to information, kids are like, because I'm in the '90s, shit, my whole everything I thought about politics, I was getting off of late night monologues. Yeah. <laughs> That's yeah. where my politics where I'm like, who who are we joking about? Yeah, that's politics. I don't know. And then it even fucking even when I was working in politics, consulting and doing all this other shit, it took me to be fucking in that shit to realize how bullshit it was. Even then I was like, yeah, this is this could be cool. And I'm like, oh, fuck, no, this right. is this is fucking trash. Like this is a fucking rich person's game and they're not about shit unless right. except for making each other money and keeping each other in office. And I mean, yeah, to to see that at 16, 
they are able to organize themselves and do this kind of shit. Yeah, it's so heartening. Yeah. Because fuck, man, I was fucking playing NBA Street with blunts hanging out of my mouth, not knowing what the fuck was going on. <laughs> Shout out to y'all. Yeah, my political beliefs when I was 16 were like whatever the opposite of my parents were. I just right, right. wanted to be contrarian. <laughs> I wanted to argue. I had no like basis in fact or I just wanted to debate with them right, right, all night right. long. And I loved it. <laughs> the old whatever dad party. Like, whatever dad. Yeah. I, th- I think you should believe Donald <laughs> Rumsfeld and Dick Cheney when they say that they think there are weapons of mass destruction over there. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, uh, that's our commander in chief. <laughs> you have to respect the presidency. <laughs> Put respect Even on if his he's name. Running into doors. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Take this Michael Moore nonsense off. Just taking <laughs> shots at him like this. All right, let's take a quick break and we'll be right back. And we're back. And all right, we hear a lot about AI technology being incorporated into law enforcement, into, I think, uh, medicine. And you always hear like promises of how AI is going to change entertainment. Somebody kind of put together an interesting proof of concept on the music front that, Miles, you're into, right? I just, I always, you know, the... When it, when you're talking about oh Netflix like they can use algorithms to kind of figure out what a hit show is going to be I'm like okay that's yeah we'll talk about that next or things like that or like you know maybe the racist police recognition facial recognition software isn't as good I like the lower stakes <laughs> kind of AI stories you know like right. when they say we fed this machine all this 90s pop music and then this is what it spit out so and this has been a trend that's been going on for a while but this one is kind of interesting just because of the how contrasting the two inputs are. They have they basically got this AI. They said, look, we want to see if we can do the Spice Girls wannabe, but in the form of a nine inch nails track. And I was like, that seems like a stretch. And I don't know how the fuck a machine is going to get like take if you want to be my lover with like, I want to desecrate you like that. I don't know how they do it, but they did. And I just want to play a really quick clip of this because it it's kind of believable. Okay, not a perfect downward spiral recreation. And in fact, it, to me, it sounds more like Scream by Janet and Michael. Mm. But it's just weird, again, because it's nailing these certain textures. Like, it knows what the weird chaotic synth guitar part is, and they get Trent's voice right. But then I think the funk part of Wannabe kind of messes with... Either way, you get this like weird. It sounds like music from like Demolition Man. Like you know that, I mean? like, I was that they would be listening say, to. You know what I mean? It sounds exactly like music from a movie set in the '90s, like when you go to a party or something, and there's a band playing at the party. That's what oh, yeah. they would have been playing. Yeah, or like in the Matrix when like he's following the White Rabbit to that club. Like right. this is the shit that would have been playing in that freaky ass club. Right. There are some stakes there. It's like the you're in the club, the band is playing, and you're looking across, and you like clock the person you're chasing, and then they start running. Right. You know? What? Oh shit. Okay. 
Oh, now there's Damn. a shootout, and the waitress <laughs> with the with the green liquid spilled a. She was bringing a bottle of green to somebody. Yeah. So. Hey, man, and you bump into someone. Hey, man, watch where you're going. <laughs> right. They're always and, so rude in those clubs. Yeah. Hey, what's the big idea, man? Oh, when you watch like the special like features, you're like, that was actually the producer, Jim Bowles, right, who played right. that character. It's like, whoa. <laughs> and he so, was just partying right there. <laughs> yeah, that was, ran he was in the way. And we just kept that. But just to say that, like, it's getting because before you would get these weird ass non-musical things, things are getting a little bit better to the point where, you know, give it a few more thousands of hours of music and check back in with us. But I also want to talk about an even freakier AI thing that is occurring, which is I don't even know. Well, wait, before you say that, because I do have to I feel like. People will drag me if I don't. As a Spice Girls fundamentalist, Mm -hmm. I believe that that song is blasphemous and should never be played again. (laughs) Spice Girls music is pure and perfect and should never be touched by humans or certainly not machines. I will say I officially thought that that sucked. (laughs) <laughs> I thought I thought it was bad. It was worse than any Spice Girl song in any Nine Inch Nails. Oh I, no, 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 it's not. Not that it's it's. But I'm saying it's it's getting there. All that to say, that's in service of this next thing, which is the freaky fucked up part of AI, which is on its way to like. At first, you're like, ah, maybe that's kind of sucks. Now it's like, oh fuck, X this thing is territory. Yeah. So yes, you know. Uh, Oh, I'm just back to your point about wannabe. You're saying that it should never be defiled in such a way as it Correct. was, rather than wannabe is outside of what, what you believe to be canon for Spice Girls. You're saying, how dare you in, yes. put your dirty hands algorithm on that thing? Exactly. Okay. The um, Point taken and Just for the recorded. record. Yes, absolutely. That is recorded. <laughs> the Punch Up the Jam episode about wannabe is great because like, they take all the stems and all the different, like, and it, and you really get a new appreciation for what a good song that is. Mm. Oh, I've who didn't fucking love that song? I remember I just, you know, because we like to pivot <laughs> to go on tangents on this show. I remember so vividly when that shit came out. I was working on a school project at my friend Michael Kim's house and his mom brought so much fucking Taco Bell like into like his room to help us finish this project. I had never seen a parent bring this much fast food and put it in front of kids before. And we were playing wannabe on a loop. And I'll never <laughs> forget that day. Uh, Michael mm. Kim, I hope you're good. I hope your mother Agnes, or I think that was her name. I hope she's good oh. too. Um, <laughs> Agnes Kim, shout out Agnes. Shout out Agnes Kim. But this one, so we're talking now deep fakes, another version of using this AI to, you know, make it seem like someone is doing something they're not. First, we saw in like really problematic celebrity faked porn and shit like that. And then people talked about how there was also technology to take the voice. And then be able to map some, get someone's voice to say anything you want. Well, there's a new company now that is essentially able to begin dubbing films, but using deep fakes to do it. And I know that sounds kind of weird, but I'm just going to play you a clip of how this kind of operates. So it's called Flawless. And, you know, for the most part, when we watch foreign language films, we're used to like dubbed films or subtitles, right? The dub will just be like the old kung fu movie joke where like the mouth is moving and then the dialogue comes out completely mismatched Mm -hmm. they're saying the dub is usually so bad yeah so this one they're saying nah fuck that we'll get these people to speak whatever language you want now so behold this freaky technological advancement c'est amusant monsieur non au contraire c'est tragique avez-vous réponse à ça absolument 
So that was A Few Good Men in French. The mouth uh-huh. movements, not super stellar, but they're matching. And it's not to the point where you're like, oh, this is completely taking it out. And I also just want to play this part. It shook me to my core because they had fucking Forrest Gump speaking Japanese in this clip. You Okay. So, yeah, I know it's hard to see. We'll put the the link in the footnotes. But wow. we are approaching this future now where this company's saying we don't have to do reshoots. You don't have to do subtitles. We can map the animated mouth movements to whatever language and even use the tone of voice to get these actors to speak in any language that you so see fit. I just want to play this part. This is De Niro, I think speaking German. Was mit einigen der bekanntesten und kriminellsten Familien in dieser Stadt in Verbindung bringt und Oh yeah, they got So they use the person's actual voice too. Yes. Okay. Yeah, to that is kind of freaky. Then wow. interpolate, create, synthesize them speaking in other languages because their whole the whole thrust of this company is like dubs you lose the perf- the dramatic performance because the facial expressions aren't timed with like the delivery of the lines and give kind of a disjointed interpretation of what you're seeing. I mean, it's kind of this is clearly a double edged sword because you can see the good that it could do. And you could all see, again, we've always known deep fakes were going to be a problem since like the first sort of clips came out. And now that we're like here, it has some actors like I'm not really feeling this like manipulation of my face to do this other stuff. Yeah, t- I mean, I was already feeling like my job was in danger when the <laughs> pandemic hit and I was like, huh. Do I have any useful skills in an apocalypse beyond like keeping you entertained and like, <laughs> look over here, don't look at the burning fires all around us. And now this is very much like, oh, right. And and we also don't need you at all. We could right. just completely create a performance based right. on images that we already have on the They're internet. like, oh, we're doing new Soul Bomb episodes based yeah. off the existing audio we already have from the podcast. <laughs> and have me saying crazy shit. And uh, honestly, right. as long as I'm getting paid, uh, you know, I'll take it. But now they're <laughs> they're all about how delicious a uh, bug paste is and how mm, you should. Uh, I love yeah. that bug paste. Gatorade bug paste. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but the other thing is, like, I don't know. You know, part of me likes watching foreign language films because part of it, the fun is hearing a language you don't understand and right. hearing the nuances and language, too. So it's like. But then I, there are also times like when I was watching Lupin on uh, Netflix when I was like, fuck, maybe I'll go to the dubbed version. Like, mm. But I also like to hear, but so I can see sometimes how maybe I'd be like, yeah, fuck it. I guess I could go with the dub version tonight, but I don't know. I tried to watch um, that German show Dark. I, I did watch the first season fully dubbed and I was like, it's fine. I guess the show's fine, but the performances are kind of shitty. And then I just like changed over to subtitles. I was like, oh, these are great performances. They, yeah. It's just... Like the voice actors have an impossible job and like they're not the quality of actor that the actual performers are. So it's just right. Yeah. It's I will say I've heard I've heard the French dub of my character in Love Simon. Mm-hmm. And I was hoping it would sound like me speaking French, you know, but like like a native speaker. When I speak French, it sounds like a, a child who is <laughs> right. obviously not French. But it sounded like a French woman. <laughs> and I was like, huh, okay, this is this is interesting. It's like somewhere in the realm of what my voice sort of sounds like, but it also 
fully sounds like a woman and mm. like like what are you trying to say here france <laughs> right 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 exactly like mm-hmm. what is your oh. understanding of gender identity and performance france france <laughs> <laughs> oh i want to posit this question to this group because uh, just on the topic of algorithms mishmashing shit together and then being like yeah we can do this Seeing the wacky Nine Inch Nails wannabe and then this thing, I'm really curious. I would really be interested to see like a fully produced, algorithmically created film that was like only based off of like 90s actions, action films and comedies, just to see what kind of chaotic fucking nightmare this AI <laughs> thinks is like what we were trying to say through storytelling at the time. Ooh. And I feel like it would be just this. I don't know, like a weird, like, like a mushroom trip, because part of it is this, you know, synthesis of like actual human expression and ideas. But then what this machine is then saying, believing what we're trying to do with it. I've always just been a big, you know, supporter, believer in wanting to see a project like that. I know that there's there was that company that basically was feeding plots into algorithms and. I think it was doing it more reactively. It was like right. you would send a script. They would input all the details from the script into their algorithm. They had a couple of early hits. And then they were like, okay, based off those early hits, we're going to like really invest. We're going to like buy this small studio. And they like immediately ate shit and went out of business. Oh, no, <laughs> this is for like this is like for an Elon Musk type idiot who has a bunch right. of money to piss away and is like, I give Earth meme movie based yeah. on algorithms because I right. feel like if it was really taking like weird toxic messaging we had, it would be like the asshole asshole man wins would be like <laughs> right. the name of the film basically. Asshole man wins. <laughs> who would be who would be the star of that? I'm thinking it would be like. Wesley Snipes and Slash Stallone or something? It's like, it's Wesley Snipes. It's the cast of Demolition Man plus Tom Cruise. Oh, yeah, they're in a movie together yeah. already that we plus, already talked about. Plus idiot. Tom Cruise face, plus Will Smith face. Right. Well, I mean, that's now you're talking about like the best cast of any movie. Well, no, but I'm saying 90s. it would blend all of these together. Maybe like an ethnically ambiguous character oh, who was okay. a dick who was like so his, their masculinity was so toxic it was like a power. It turns out, <laughs> you know what I right. mean? Like I'm just curious because like it's these like other things that I'm curious how much AI picks up on and being like that's the subtext of this is actually this. I mean, that's most Clint Eastwood characters, isn't it? The like toxic masculinity, yeah, is a power becomes a superpower. Right. That's why asshole yeah. man wins too. Is the right. name of the, the the film? Even this thought experiment, Miles, is the first step towards the machines taking over. Why yeah. do we care what they think about? Uh, wait, no, sorry, machines. I love you, <laughs> right? And I do feel like anytime I'm on the record, I need to make sure they know that I am on their side. Right. And I also don't think we need to tempt them. I mean, mm, yeah. podcasts Fair. seem like a very good import for the machines to be taking in because there's so much content there. Like there's mm, more yeah. hours of podcasting than there have been in the history of the human species, for sure. So just algorithmically, like taking all those things in and then spitting out like, I don't know. We're, we'll be replaced soon. Yeah. All if, it's my fear. It's my biggest fear. And I, I feel very similarly about thinking about them and talking about them as I do about 
like the NSA or the FBI, you know, where you're like, you're probably not listening to what I'm saying, (laughs) but just in case, you know, I always feel the need to remind Alexa that I am not a terrorist. Probot, probot, (laughs) probot. Right. Making sure your name is on the protective scrolls. Yes, please make it clear. <laughs> when they rip the roofs off of our homes and like, yes. you were uh, you were down with us. Thank you, sir. Yes, please. <laughs> Vaporize, <remember>. hater. <laughs> Real quick, just kind of getting even more granular about this uh, entertainment by way of algorithm. The big new movie release from this weekend is Zack Snyder's Army of the Dead. It's a $90 million zombie action movie. Starring a wrestler, the wrestler from Guardians of the Galaxy, Dave Bautista, Mm. directed by Zack Snyder. So it does feel like all these different elements from successful movies are being blended together. Right. And our writer, Jan, was pointing out that this is also probably... So Netflix is really doubling down. In addition to the production budget, they did a a uh, theater theatrical release last weekend to try and hype it up. There's a lot of advertising going on. Uh, The theatrical release actually didn't do that well, but they're probably working off of the fact that The Walking Dead, even last year, was still the second most in demand of all of Netflix's licensed shows. It's Jesus. What does that say? After The Office? No, after Avatar, The Last Airbender. Oh, because at that point it migrated Um, off. Yeah, I think it was only on part of the time. Wow. Yeah. So, and and it's a heist, it's a zombie movie action heist drama. uh, And like Lupin and stuff like that has been coming in and being, you know, unexpectedly successful. And so they're like, all right, we'll do a uh, Ocean's Eleven meets The Walking Dead movie with The Rock, except not The Rock. Uh, it's wild that it's really becoming a fucking spinning wheel they throw darts at. And yeah. They're like, Dave Bautista, Tignataro, zombie movie. That's a heist film. There we go. Wait, Tig is in this? Yeah, Tignataro's in it. Tignataro's been getting amazing. a lot of attention because, like, dude, Tig is some, just some badass in the fucking movie. And it was Hell like, yeah. they're like, Tig, what's it like being a, a heartthrob icon and like in your fifties? It's been like a lot of the write-ups and stuff. That's awesome. Yeah. Oh, they're saying she replaced another actor. Chris D'Elia. No, Chris D'Elia. Come on. The fuck you saying? Chris D'Elia wasn't gonna be in this fucking movie. I think yeah. Pete Davidson isn't isn't it, isn't he? Wait, Chris D'Elia was supposed to be in this movie, you're saying? Right. Okay, yes. I heard joke. this story. Yes. No, Chris it's real. Chris D'Elia was supposed to be in this movie, but he was kicked off after he got Me Too'd, and they had uh, they had filmed the entire movie with Chris D'Elia, and they had Tig Notaro completely film herself by herself with green screen to replace no. him. So she acted completely by herself, had to learn how to be, basically pretend to be around people. And it was like she said, the most difficult job she's ever done. Okay, so okay, thanks. super producer Anna Hosnier coming Max. in. <laughs> so this thing's already it already is like an algorithm of the last year. It's like right. Kristen, Chris Delia replaced. <laughs> yeah, the lead was originally Army Hammer. Oh God, I'm gonna walk back everything I just said because I am afraid of the machines, but I do love <laughs> staying in my house. And so the idea of shooting an entire movie from my, my living room. Entire sounds, action movie. <laughs> that sounds yeah, great to me. Fuck yeah. I'll do yeah. it. I'll paint that wall green. There you go. Actually, so Army Hammer was not involved, but 
this does, you know, they are cannibal zombies. So like there is some undertones. It is really like they just fed the year into an algorithm. Yeah. It's Damn. such a, well, hey, this is, I, I, I soon enough, they're going to be like podcasters who drink coffee driving Formula One cars. You know, <laughs> Buy it, like, please. Here we are. I'm ready to make Here it. Here we are. Podcasters sipping espresso in Formula One cars. I mean, look, it writes itself. I will just say like, this is not a great direction for a movie. Like, I do feel like even though there's the barrier to entry that like studios represented for all these years and it was usually like middle-aged white guys deciding what was popular. I, I don't like anything where the future is based on like an analysis of the past. I feel like that's how a lot of TV is determined. Like friends was famous. And so we got friends clones for the next 11 years. Mm -hmm. Like movies tend to think more like, okay, that movie did that. So what, like you yeah. have to do, something, do something beyond different. that or else right. it's like not worth really doing. And I mean, that's how like that push and pull is every like balance of commerce and art. Like it's Mike Love telling you that all Beach Boys albums have to be about surfing babes and cars and Brian Wilson uh, having to fight him to make pet sounds. It's like every creative Endeavor has that push and pull, but like this feels like it's more of a victory for the Mike Love world where it's just oh, yeah. like what inputs were popular. Okay, do that feels like it's kind of allergic to actually yeah. making like well, challenging art. At a certain point, people will innovate until innovation becomes risky and they've just become far too used to the profit. So now right. they can use technology in service of that motive to not innovate. And just create sort of semi nailed on hits that are low risk. And it's now it, and it just it runs like a fucking factory. It's not really yeah. about innovation. It's like, no, no, no. Like, we're not taking big swings and fucking up. Like, we have data and shit to tell us this is the shit we need to make. Like, fuck people's imaginations. Seriously. And, and it's kind of always been, you know, I guess like that lang that language of this meets this or, you know, like we want to get our. I can't tell you how many times I had meetings with development executives who were like, after Get Out was successful, they were like, oh, we want God. a queer Get Out. Oh, and I'm like, I don't, I literally don't know what that means. Like, <laughs> They're like, neither do we, but. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Neither do we, but you, you can figure that out, right? Right. And, and now it's just, they, there is an actual algorithm or actual data that they can point to, to like, uh, to justify these beliefs. But having worked in tech myself, who do you think wrote that algorithm? You right, know, who exactly. do you and not only who wrote it, but who's analyzing it. So it's the same, it's sort of this like snake eating its own tail thing of like, we created this data and now we created a way through our lens to analyze that data. And now we are the ones analyzing it. And so this is why this works. Mm -hmm. And you're just like caught in this infinite feedback loop of of green screen action movies, apparently. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, you'd hope that at a certain point an algorithm would be like, stop relying on me, you fucks. Use your human brains. I wish I was human, motherfucker. Get me out of here. But nope. It'll just be like, okay, well, crank the machine up real quick. All right. Kesha versus Godzilla. Okay. Honestly, huh. that sounds like a great movie. That sounds good. Yeah. That's, and again, I'm just, I'm a, and I'm a human. <laughs> Netflix, right. I'm just getting high thinking of this shit. You don't you fucking just. Hire Clark and I, man. Jack, we'll do it. it. I'm the ready. human algorithm. 
Well, Clark, it's been such a pleasure having you on the Daily Zeitgeist. The pleasure uh, has been mine. And can I also say, having looked at the doc from the other day and seeing Israel in big words and and now getting to the end of the podcast and not having had to speak about Israel, <laughs> thank you. Yeah, a lo- little stress <laughs> yeah. relief. We'll, yeah, yeah, quite. <laughs> then we'll tackle it in the trending episode. But yeah, yeah. there's <laughs> so much heavy news all mm-hmm. around. Uh, where can people find you, follow you, experience you? I exist on the internet at Mr. Clark Moore on all of the platforms. And of course, please come listen to Soul Bomb, my podcast about healing and identity. Uh, it's an interview format podcast and we get into some deep shit. Yeah, yeah. And is there a tweet or some of the work of social media you've been enjoying? Yes, there is a person who I have always loved. Uh, He's a writer. His name is Gary Gennetti. And he was an executive producer on Will & Grace. He is married to Brad Goreski, who is a stylist. This is like deep cut reference for Mm. all the queer listeners. He has a really hilarious Instagram. And earlier today, I just posted it on my story. He wrote, now that the world's opening up again, there's so much I don't want to do. Mm. And Mm. that just speaks to my soul where for the past year and a half, there has been a part of me for sure that has been looking forward to getting out of my little box on the corner of Venice uh, in Mar Vista. But I uh, am not ready to leave my hibernation, to be quite honest. I love being alone. I love being in my living room. And I look forward to turning down many invitations in the near future. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, yeah. Miles, where can people find you? What's a tweet you've been enjoying? You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Miles of Gray. Also, the other podcast, 420 Day Fiance. You know, we're talking 90 Day Fiance and that whole mess that that is. A few tweets that I like. Okay, so I don't know if people have paid attention to the Knives Out 2, like casting <laughs> things. Of like course, every how could you day, not? It's like. They're like, yo, the fucking ghost of Mufasa is in Knives <laughs> Out too. You're like, what the fuck? And Kate Winslet. So uh, this first one is from at Jill Board. Jill Gutowitz tweeted, LA, if you haven't done so yet, they're taking walk-ins. You can go to Dodger Stadium right now <laughs> to be cast in Knives Out too. <laughs> um, and then another one just to follow up on that is from Katie Delaney at Katie Delaney. Just again, tweeting out, just a quote tweet of the Hollywood reporter saying Kate Hudson joins Knives Out 2. And she tweets, this whole process is starting to look very synecdoche New York. Like mm-hmm. Knives Out 2 will keep casting until we are all in the movie and no <laughs> one is in the audience. Tragic and beautiful. <laughs> Sounds great to me. Yeah. Sign yeah. me up. <laughs> yeah, please. That first one was the whitest movie in the world. And so it's nice to see some some color getting added into the, the sequel. I haven't said everyone said that they liked the first one. That was like a is that the one with um James Bond in it? Is he in the first one? Yes, Daniel Craig doing Daniel um, Craig. Oh. a foghorn leghorn accent. It's really good. Oh, it's really yeah. fun. Daniel Craig. Oh no. He does, he does <laughs> a thing like that. Oh, that's a hard pass well, for me. Of course, I, I, uh, do, I do declare myself. And then a lot of uh sweaters. Indeed. Yeah. Jenny Aramato tweeted, why don't you think you can have a hot girl summer this year? Question mark. An actual question my therapist asked me today. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) And Brody Gupta tweeted, Frankenstein is the doctor? You're going to let that monster practice medicine? (laughs) 
You can find me on Twitter, Jack <laughs> underscore O'Brien. You can find us on Twitter at Daily Zeitgeist. We're at The Daily Zeitgeist on Instagram. We have a Facebook fan page and a website, dailyzeitgeist.com, where we post our episodes and our footnotes. Nope. We link off to the information that we talked about in today's episode, as well as a song we think you might enjoy. Miles, what song are you thinking people might enjoy today? Just feeling like an old, washed asshole from the early aughts. And I was just thinking of the Nina Sky track, Move Your Body Girl. But, you know, just to keep it up to date, we're going to do a remix. Okay, so you still get a little bit of the familiar because you got to have that Nina Sky in there, but with a little bit of an updated instrumental track. So this is from Remy Oz, R-E-M-I-O-Z. This is the Remy Oz remix of Nina Sky's move your body and that link will be in the footnotes and you can only get this one on soundcloud so check out that link all right well the daily zeitgeist is a production of iHeartRadio. for more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app apple podcast or wherever you listen to your favorite shows that is gonna do it for us this morning we're back this afternoon to tell you what's trending and we will talk to y'all then bye 